Recorded live. I've been on the internet for like three, four minutes waiting for Gogi to call in. Oh, it is. See, how do I do this? How do I do this? Oh, okay. See that. Okay. Okay, the recording is starting. Recording right now. Okay. 
Is Gogi calling in? Hmm. Yeah, I can hear you, man. Awesome, dude. Okay, yeah, you gotta. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to push all that numbers. All I gotta do is push one and pound if I'm not a member. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, man. Right on, dude. Yeah. So hey, yeah. Right now it's recording, man. So um, here's the outline. Obviously, I'm gonna download it and I'm gonna pick it apart. Um, but here's gonna be the outline. We're gonna talk about the pay-per-view first. Then we're going to be talking about the fight next week, which is Danny Garcia and uh, Samuel Vargas. <laughs> what happened, man? You broke up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. Okay. What I said was, we'll, we'll talk about the Pacquiao thing, the Nonito Donaire thing. We'll talk about uh, Danny Garcia versus Samuel Vargas, and then recently announced... Keith Thurman versus Danny Garcia, right? Yeah. Um, And then, so this fight, and there's a reason why they announced it early. Why did they do that, Gogi? (laughs) Why did they announce it early so people would be interested in the Garcia-Vargas fight? (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Yeah. You know that's the only reason, man. (laughs) uh, Garcia-Pacquiao. Hey, man, Dallas could win this damn fucking game, man. Huh? What's it? It's first and goal. Wait a minute, Dallas. what? Dallas to win this they, game. They went, they went for fourth down. Yeah, yeah. yeah second Holy goal. shit. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I haven't been watching it since then, man. Do you want to start doing the show after the game? Because we're recording right now. Like, everything that we're talking about, we're recording. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, then you'll cut all these so, shit out. So, I'll tell you what, yeah, so, so you can focus, but... Oh, no, come on, Dak. Don't force it. A touchdown. Game over. Game Amazing. Over. Cowboys won. Unbelievable, dude. <laughs> yeah, they came back. Holy shit. All right, man. Well, here, I'm going to add the music in, and you're, you're going to laugh. It's like, I'm going to add the entrance music in, um, I guess, during the post-mix when I edit the video. So, yeah. So we're going to start like we're actually talking um, while the music's playing, intro's coming on the show, right? Mm-hmm. So here it comes. We're going to start. Ready? Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to an all-new edition of War Week Radio. My goodness, it's been a while since we've actually visited with you guys, and we have a great one this evening. Uh, we're going to be speaking with three-decade fight trainer, Mr. James Gogi, guys, uh, we're going to be breaking down Pacquiao versus Vargas, the top-ranked pay-per-view, going on their own steam without the uh, the influence of HBO. We're going to get Gogi's opinion of all of that. So, guys, let's say hello to our uh, special guest, three-decade fight trainer, Mr. James Gogi. James, how are you doing this evening, sir? Hey, Joe, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a while, but, uh, you know, sometimes you got to take a break to get rejuvenated, rejuvenated and recharged. So I'm ready to go tonight. we got a lot of great fights coming up, uh, coming up in November, December, 
And next year, that you know, January, February next year, they got a lot of stuff that PBC announced. So, yeah, you know, boxing this year was pretty much putrid. It was the worst <laughs> year I've ever seen in boxing. The worst year. It, it, was, a, it was a year of fighters uh, pulling out of fights, not wanting to make fights, uh, uh, a year of promoters not wanting to put their fighters in the best fights and giving the fans what they want to see. It was just, just like I said, a, a, just a putrid year of boxing, just terrible. And hopefully, uh, you know, 2017 coming up, uh, it'll, you know, it'll change for the better for the great fans out there. Well, you know, let's talk about that first before we start breaking down the pay-per-view because it was for several reasons. Um, obviously, as you stated, well, a lot of promoters, um, they were at their wit's end in America. We didn't see that problem with Eddie Hearn because he's a guy who, well, depends on the gates and he will um, make wise investments, losing money at the regional level to make it all back when they become big time attractions in the big, big events. He's a very smart promoter. He, he actually spends money to make money. Unlike some of these guys who, <laughs> uh, who in the States who have become solely dependent on network money and big casino uh-huh. sign fees. So when that actually shuts down in America, as we saw on HBO, not willing to, well, give promoters those TV dates without the, well, revenue stream, added revenue stream of the pay-per-view platform. And even then, the promoter has to pretty much foot the bill for everything. Yeah. Uh, So uh, couple that, Gogi, with fighters Turning down, like here's the latest, right? Lucas Brown, heavyweight, right? Guy who who held the WB knocked out Dennis or um, Ruslan Shagayev, right? Earlier this year, uh, held the WBA. I don't know what do you call it? The interim, the regular, whatever it is. Title, yeah. yeah. And he yeah. turns down a million dollars to fight Vladimir Klitschko on December 10th. Oh, God. Okay, who, uh, who turns down a million dollars? Have you ever heard of fighters turning down these kind of purses? No. This is a, this is an era of, fight, of fighters. You know, they're being, uh, what do you call it, self-managed businessmen. They think they're, you know, they overinflate their value on what they think they're worth. Ah, it's just, yo, man, it, that's, that's one of the reasons why boxing had a real, real... Uh, uh, down year this year because of uh, you know the attitudes of the fighters and everything over estimation of their market value that's what it is Joe they think they're worth more than what the what the offer they get to, that's presented them okay like Luke, yeah because we we've well, seen that we were supposed to have on December 10th right we were supposed to have Gennady Golovkin versus Daniel Jacobs. Well, Daniel Jacobs wasn't happy with 25% of the purse, claiming that, well, he felt he <laughs> he was worth a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Canelo breaking his, his, his thumb was out for the rest of the year, right? So mm-hmm. HBO, HBO really wanted to make that fight happen. Obviously, that didn't take place. Daniel Jacobs perceivably priced himself out. And then Klitschko versus Joshua, everyone was looking forward to that, to make that heavyweight bang at the end of the year. 
that didn't materialize. Klitschko now is claiming <clears throat> it's a back injury or a calf injury or something. I think it's a calf injury, he stated. So Anthony Joshua, more than likely, is going to take on from what we're hearing, either Eric Molina or, or David Price, right? So mm-hmm. fans aren't really all too interested in those, those fights, right? So this is, <laughs> once again, you've got two instances, right? Once again, you've got two instances where even when the networks are interested in forking over the coin to make some of these matchups happen, the fighters price themselves out. So not only do you get networks who aren't interested in footing the bill for some of these great matchups, but when they are, the fighters make it increasingly difficult. It's made for an abysmal 2016. But now, well, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel here, and we're going to talk about that, guys, and it's starting this Saturday night in a pay-per-view in which Bob Arum and Top Rank are having to, well, make their own way here. They're taking all the risk. This is all Manny Pacquiao and Bob Arum's money. They've got the MGM Grand with the big casino side fee at the T-Mobile Arena, or I'm sorry, the uh, is it Steve Wynn who's actually putting up the big casino side fee in this? Mm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Steve Wynn with the... Uh, with Senator Pacquiao's first championship bout, right? Uh, and he's going to be challenging Jesse Vargas in the main event of the evening. But top rank, without the guarantee of, of HBO, they're rolling the bones here, and they're hoping that Manny Pacquiao can still draw a crowd at the pay-per-view platform. Hey. Gogi, it's the opinion of Bob Arum. He states... <laughs> Look, guys, this this pay-per-view is going to do great. It's going to do a lot better than Ward versus Kovalev. Do you agree, and why? Well, like we always talked about, Joe, what's driving boxing in America right now, making it successful, keeping it alive compared to England, is the great Hispanic fans out there, okay? Now, if you can get that Hispanic Latin fan base behind you, you can, you know, you're going to be successful. Uh, and building up your brand, building up your fan base, you know, and all that other good stuff. TV ratings, sponsorships. Well, Canelo understands that. You know, look what he did in Dallas against a guy that nobody knew. Uh, Gennady Golovkin, uh, not Hispanic, but he was able to, to what do you call it, uh, cross over to the Hispanic market, you know, uh, Mexican style, all those brutal knockouts in a row, uh, you know, uh, you know, warm, humble, charismatic personality that Hispanics can relate to, that they catch on to, okay? Uh, Tom Lothar and Abel developed uh, his style from that European, East, you know, that Eastern European stand-up uh, boxer counterpuncher style to attacking, uh, you know, uh, straight-ahead uh, knockout uh, artists, uh, you know, that the Hispanic fans like to see, you know, uh, like, the, like the great Julio Cesar Chavez uh, Sr., uh, Abel, you know, modeled his uh, uh, Abel style when he came over here to uh, Abel. When he came over here to the states, Abel modeled his style uh, and, and, uh, and introduced it to Gennady and told him, "Hey, if you wanna, if you wanna be a big star here, if you wanna be a ticket seller, Winnie ain't good enough. You gotta look good." So what did he do? He, you know, he transformed his uh, style uh, to make it more physical and aggressive and and and, and in the in the trenches, uh, you know. 
taught him how to uh, be a, a dynamic offensive fighter in the trenches, the brutal short, uh, sharp, crisp combinations in the pocket, uh, the brutal uppercuts, the body shots, uh, you know, the, the single shots he throws over the tops and angles and everything. And, of course, he can hit with both hands, so anytime he hits you, you're going to be gone. But he just trained, you know, transformed his style where the Hispanics, you know, caught on. And uh, Terrence Crawford did a pay-per-view the other day. Terrence Crawford hasn't caught on to the Hispanics. He hasn't caught on to the mainstream. That's why that pay-per-view bombed at the box office, okay? Mm. Not until you, uh, you know, you can get the fan, Hispanic, fan bases be, uh, Hispanic fan base behind you. I don't think you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, a big pay-per-view star in America. And Golovkin and Ward, Ward doesn't appeal to the Hispanics. You know, look, he's been a pro since 2004, and he still hasn't caught on with the Hispanics with that uh, safety-first technical style they don't like to see, okay? Mm. They want to, you know, it's totally opposite of what Hispanics uh, crave for, okay? They want that, you know, that brawling, uh, two-fisted attack like the Lufthans bringing to the table. Kovalov, he hasn't translated over to the Hispanics. Uh, main event hasn't uh, marketed him to the Hispanics, and I don't think he's uh, marketed. You know, I don't think he's crossed over to the mainstream. You, you know, you, 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 you do, you do trends. You analyze trends out there, Joe, on who's hot, and Kovalov ain't hot. You know, he's not hot out there. People are not talking about him. So yeah, Aaron, I, I, we talked about this a long time ago, and I always said that Vargas Pacquiao. Uh, has the potential to do better in the pay-per-view market because of the Hispanics. And look, look, look at right now, uh, uh, Joe, isn't he creating a lot more buzz in Kovalov Ward? Oh, absolutely. But, you know, to to HBO's defense, um, they've been heavily promoting this event for the past week or so since Pacquiao actually came from the Philippines back to L.A. to make his final preparations for Jesse Vargas in uh Freddie, Coach Freddie Roach's wildcard gym in Hollywood, California. Um, and it's been getting a lot of press. Yeah, but it's not but an HBO here's, event, though. No, you're, you're out, but it's not an HBO event, right? So to the defense of HBO, they haven't even started, right? It's, I, I think this Saturday, right, is when you're going to start to see um, the very first installment of, I, I, I think, a, a promotional program a 30-minute program like a countdown or road Two special ward versus kovalev but is it going to work because here's what they're up against gogi are fight fans and this is what you have to you have to consider are fight fans going to be willing to pay for two major pay-per-view events mm-hmm. in the same billing cycle mm-hmm. nope. it's going to be in the same billing cycle keep in mind guys there are also a lot of football fans who have already purchased and are paying every month for the NFL Sunday ticket. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that coupled with two pay-per-views, are they going to want to see that? So ultimately, there are a lot of fight fans, I would say the great majority of them, who are going to be forced to make a choice. So you think... agree. That on the strength of the Hispanic fight market, you think that they're going to choose the Hispanic fighter, Jesse Vargas, defending his title against the Pac-Man, the name, um, in his first fight back since becoming a senator and taking on this grueling schedule. And what would be your, your pay-per-view projection for this? Oh, see, Joe, I, fans are going to, you know, 
like Don Sargon always told me, man, the average fan can barely afford one pay-per-view. Two, that's crazy, impossible. So if they're going to do it, they're going to go with a better brand uh, that, you know, appeals to them, the Hispanics, that dry pay-per-view in America, okay? And it's going to be Pacquiao Vargas, okay? So Yeah, and really also you've got the brand of Top Rank as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, you've got and the Top Rank machine doing a great job. I'm sorry, go ahead, Gogi. Yeah, I think 250 to 300. I don't think it's going to go more than that. I don't know. You know, what was what was Pacquiao's numbers last night on HBO? Oh, it was about uh, 400,000, 450,000. That was oh, against yeah. Tim Bradley 3. Yeah, yeah, and everybody knew that matchup. So, eh, the way the pay-per-view market, Joe, if he gets 300,000, I'll be happy. I mean, I'll be I'll be happy. Okay, I, I'm not a pay-per-view expert. I figured <laughs> 250 to 300, you know. And so, plus yeah, that's what the ward one. It might hurt him a little, but not, not at all. Like, not, you know, not, I think it hurt him a lot. So, that's why. Well, you know, uh, and, and here's what we learned, guys. Uh, and you could say before Mayweather Pacquiao and after Mayweather Pacquiao that the health of the pay per view platform and a successful pay per view event is, well, almost entirely dependent. Putting up big, big numbers is almost entirely dependent on the mainstream and casual sports fan, right? You need them to support this event, um, to to support your event, to put up decent numbers. Uh, we've all seen on Crawford versus Postal, which was a unification bout at 140 pounds earlier this year, that, well, the hardcores, the diehards, just there aren't enough to support these events. You know, and to be honest with you, I think most diehard fight fans also, even though they go on these forums and they talk trash about all these fighters every single day on Facebook, on Twitter, on on various um, social media boards, I think they like to download links. I think they like to actually view it streaming. I don't think a lot of them purchase these things. Mm-hmm. Um, has has that been your experience um, as well as, as well since Mayweather Pacquiao? Oh yeah, Don, uh, like Don said, you know, right? Two, like I talked about on the show before, Joe. Two weeks before the fight, I talked to Don before the pay, Mayweather Pacquiao fight happened. He goes, "If this fight is a dead, it's going to hurt the pay per view market for for the next five years." And boy, was he right! Right after that, oh. you know, that fight there was a big uproar, and uh, everybody wanted their refund. Uh, people were filing lawsuits to get their refund back, and you know you saw that you saw that right afterwards. The pay-per-view market, you know, uh, hit a snag, you know, kind of like uh, bottomed out. And the Canelo, I know the Canelo uh, Cotto fight, they did like nine, you know, nine hundred thousand. But besides that, every other pay-per-view besides that is stunk. Look at the Mayweather, uh, his last one with Berto, his last pay-per-view with Berto. <laughs> You know, it went from a big, you know, four million to I don't know three, three fifty, four hundred. So, but uh, look at look at uh, Golovkin. You know, he did one fifty. Look at Crawford, eighty nine thousand. Uh, Crawford, I mean uh, Pacquiao versus uh, Bradley. They didn't do too good. So, with you know, compared to what Manny used to do, you know, it was, it was half the numbers. So, oh yeah, Joe. Yeah, that to me, the pay per view market's still uh, in a bad state uh, until they give the fight. Fans, the fight they want to see guys like Golovkin versus Canelo. Then, hey, you know, fans would buy that. You know what I mean? Then it'll start getting close to the you know the million numbers that uh, to make it super successful 
super successful that uh, HBO uh, needs. Yeah, here's this is bad, Gogi. This is bad. The the boxing year, well, the 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 boxing business is hurting when your best pay per view performance, right, is Canelo versus Khan that did about half a million. That right yeah. now, uh, as of uh, as of uh, um, Halloween, <laughs> 2016, that's your number one performing pay per view. Canelo yeah. versus Khan, which did about yeah. half a million. That's that's bad. Keep in mind, McGregor versus Diaz two did about one point six million. Okay, that just yeah. tells you what the health is of the industry and the pay per view platform in this country, in the yeah, United yeah. States. Right? Yeah. It's thriving in the UK, and boy, it's limping. It's limping almost to a screeching halt in the US. So with that said, Gogi, are you ready to break down, brother? Uh, this pay-per-view coming up at the Thomas & Mack Center from Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, top-ranked presentation of Manny Pacquiao versus Jesse Vargas. It's being billed as the champ versus the legend. So uh, let's get reacquainted with Manny Pacquiao. Here's the tale of the tape with uh, Senator Pacquiao, guys, he's going to be entering the ring at age 37, and he's going to be turning 38 in December. He fights out of the southpaw stance. He stands about five foot six, five foot six inches tall in the center of the ring. He fights behind a 67 inch reach. Um, originally from, uh, well, he resides out of General Santos City in the Philippines. And he is now a senator working out of the Senate building in Manila. He comes into the ring with a record of 58 wins, six losses, two draws. Gogi, what do you like about the Pac-Man? Please rattle off his strengths and weaknesses, sir. Oh, strengths. Uh, you know, look at his resume, his championship experience. This ain't the first dance for him, okay? Big Super Bowl event for him. Uh, that's Going into the fight, that's huge, Joe. When you're going into a fight like this, Joe, the pressure, oh, boy, it's just tremendous, okay? Uh, especially if you're uh, inexperienced, if you're a rookie like Vargas, okay? You know, you get overwhelmed by the media event, uh, the hype, you know, that, you know, the, you know, that builds up in you, Joe, you know? And, you know, you're not, you don't perform to your uh, maximum potential because mentally, uh, you know, all the hype messes with messes messes with your emotions and your mind, and sometimes hey, it, it could be crushing, okay? So it's just, uh, Manny, because he's been in these big events, ah, man, it's just another, you know, another dance I'm going to, okay? Another big dance I'm going to be uh, involved in. He, he understands uh, everything, all the, uh, the magnitude of big events, of the, uh, big events like this, and he understands, uh, you know, how to deal with the pressure of big events like this, okay? And he's been through this. Vargas. It's going to be his first big Super Bowl dance. So, you know, you know how, how is he going to be able to, you know, handle the big, uh, the big lights at the bright stage uh, of, uh, and the pressure, that tremendous amount of pressure, Joe, that fans out there, you know, you don't realize these fighters go through, okay? Uh, and that's what Manny Pacquiao, you know, his, I think his biggest asset going into the fight. You know, everybody talks about, you know, his championship experience, of course, and his ability, his footwork, great footwork moving in and out of range, moving circles, uh, fast, sharp, crisp combinations, uh, uh, very uh, astute, accurate, intelligent counterpuncher, uh, you know, great 
uh, counter check right hook he likes to throw when you move in the range, you know, if you get over aggressive, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, over the years he's done uh, uh, the talent and ability he showed over the years against all the great fighters out there. Vargas, uh, you know, like I said, he hadn't been on the stage before. The biggest, his biggest fight was with Tim Bradley, a uh, fight I thought he was losing. And, he, you know, he got, he got Bradley with the right hand uh, in the later parts of the fight. And, you know, that created a little buzz about, hey, man, I won the fight, which I didn't think he did. I think he won no. that round, but it didn't do enough for him to win the fight because Bradley was out boxing clearly. And, you know, going into the uh, Saddam Ali fight, you know, uh, Saddam maybe was winning the fight by a point, and then he got caught with the right hand. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, you know, Pacquiao, yeah, it's just his overall, you know, his overall, you know, experience being in big fights like this, his talent and ability, uh, his style, uh, the way he fights, his athleticism, you know, all that, Joe, his counterpunching, his fast, sharp, crisp combinations. It's power, it's ability to hurt you at any time. And, you know, Joe, you know, he just got the big, huge advantage over uh, Jesse Vargas going in this fight. That's why he's an eight-to-one one favorite, uh, you, you were telling me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's take a look at the tail of the tape of Jesse Vargas at this time. Uh, he is the current WBO welterweight champion at this time. And just as you said, he won the vacant title, vacated by Timothy Bradley. Um, by beating Saddam Ali. So keep in mind, guys, Jesse Vargas, even though he is the legitimate title holder, he didn't exactly beat a champion to win the belt. So he's coming into the ring at age 27. He fights out of the Orthodox stance. Uh, he stands in the center of the ring, five foot ten inches tall. He fights behind a 71-inch reach. Boy, and, and when you see him side-by-side, side, Manny Pacquiao, he is towering over him. We'll ask uh, Senor Gogi if that's going to make any difference. He, he currently resides in trains out of Las Vegas, Nevada, with trainer Dewey Cooper. He uh, will come into the ring with a record of 27 wins, one loss, zero draws, 10 big wins coming by way of knockout. Wow. And it's funny, when you look at that knockout percentage, well, that's pretty bad. Um, but seemingly at 147, since working with Memo Heredia, since <laughs> working with trainer Dewey Cooper, boy, he seems to have really increased his power and seems to be a much more confident puncher. Gogi, is this going to make a difference? The height, the reach advantage, the youth, and, well, his confidence and power increasing going into this fight. Are those going to be big factors against Manny Pacquiao? If he uses his ring intelligence, uses his uh, physical attributes to his advantage, and keeps Manny at bay, okay, uh, keeps Manny at bay and everything, you know, and, and not let Manny uh, not be a punching bag and just stay there and let Manny, you know, uh, blitzkrieg, you know, blitzkrieg you like he did Antonio Margarito, who was just coming forward, uh, you know, and getting punched. Round after round after round after round consistently and get hurt with shots, you know. But if, if he uses his height, his range, and his footwork to keep Manny at bay uh, and not let him get in range to throw them fast, sharp combinations and move away, you know, hey, it could, you know, his ring intelligence, you know, Joe. That's what it is, Joe. See, this is, I would say this is a business where it's just more than throwing punches, okay? It's thinking. Mm-hmm. You got to be a smart, intelligent, thinking fighter. And if he knows how, to, if he uses his, his advantages in height, range, uh, length and keeping Manny at bay, then hey, you know what I mean, Joe? It's a different ballgame. 
You know what I mean? And he might have problems getting in range, and he can't get off on them quick, fast, sharp combinations. You know, but but if he stays right in front of him, if he starts pressing the action uh, and stays right in front of him like a punching bag, well, hey, you got a problem. But if he gives him that movement like Algeri did and keeps him at range with that long range, a stinging, you know, t- long rangey uh, stinging uh, jabs along with a lot of touch jabs and, you know, puts his combinations uh, together behind him, then, you know, then moves around him and not staying in front of him to get hit by return counter fires. Yeah, that's being intelligent, Joe. That's being intelligent, but ah, let's see how he goes in the fight. I know Vargas, he likes to be, you know, physical. He likes to be aggressive. That's his nature. That's his personality if he has to. And there ain't nothing wrong with that, but you just got to do it at the opportune moments, okay? You got to do it at the, the best strategic moments uh, where you're not going to get hit with return fire consistently, okay? That's where a thinking man fighter comes in, Joe. It's just like I said. It ain't just about throwing punches. But knowing the opportune moments and, the, and, and planning a good strat, a strategic game plan on executing your offensive combination uh, uh, with getting hit less and getting hit less will return fire in the process. Okay, Joe? But, you know, stuff like that, Joe, uh, you know, stuff like that, uh, he's going to have to do to fight a guy like a sharp uh, counterpuncher, intelligent counterpuncher like Manny Pacquiao, uh, you know, a sharp combination puncher like Manny Pacquiao, you know, those volumes of punches, like I said, it's like a blitzkrieg, just <laughs> combination after combination after combination. Like a machine man. gun, you, absolutely. Yeah, once, once he gets his momentum, Joe, and, and especially you just stand there like Margarito, oh, you're going to get hit punched with all angles. Uh, you're going to get hit with punches coming from all angles, body, head, head, body, and, and the punches are going to hurt you. And if you keep getting consistently hit punch after punch after punch with uh, – Round after round after round, it's going to be like Margarito, you know. You're going to get beat up real bad. Well, we've seen Vargas early on his career against, well, lesser opposition. Boxed very well. Early in his career against Josecito Lopez, he boxed very well. Impressively against another a former Freddie Roach fighter, Wally Amatosa, he boxed very well, and that was at 147 pounds as well. Uh, he boxed really well in the Philipp- or in, uh, in China, when he was on a Manny Pacquiao undercard in uh, outpointing Antonio DeMarco, he looked very sharp. As his verse, that was his first fight working with Memo Heredia. Since then, his only hiccup, and he says, yeah, I couldn't get my body to respond, Jesse Vargas stated, in referring to his performance against Tim Bradley. Tim Bradley made him look amateurish at times, mm-hmm. shutting him down, making him second-guess himself, getting off first, moving in and out of range extremely well controlling distance in pretty much every round of the fight with the exception of the 12th when he got caught in the final seconds of the final round. Um, So, Gogi, I guess I'm asking you, can Jesse Vargas, because he seems to be a, well, a poor man's versatile fighter, a poor man's jack-of-all-trades. I should say jack-of-all-trades, master of none. He's versatile, but he doesn't do any one thing extremely well. He's got to be, he's shown because he's always in great shape, uh, a, a world-class physical and mental durability, but really doesn't seem to have the athleticism or the power to actually compete and succeed at the elite level. Do you see him in the biggest fight of his career coming up big and really putting his best performance to date on the biggest stage of boxing. Only if Manny Pacquiao ate, uh, gets old overnight. You know, he's to that point, Joe. Uh, you know, 
any fight, he could get old overnight, just like De La Hoya did when he fought Pacquiao, okay? Uh, Manny Pacquiao, you know, has been a very, very busy man uh, on his, in his uh, duties as a senator, okay? Uh, he hasn't been committing himself 110% to boxing. Uh, you know what I mean? So it can happen, Joe. You know, boxing, like Larry Merchant said, is the theater of the unexpected. When you don't expect it, boom, it'll happen. And that's the only way I could see Jesse Vargas putting on a, uh, the type of a performance he's been waiting for his whole career against a, a superstar fighter like a guy like Manny Pacquiao. That's a Manny Pacquiao, you know, gets old overnight and can't pull the trigger. Well, what's amazing is, you know, and we've seen this from special, special athletes, right? Um, you know that old saying, Gogi, that idle hands are the devil, devil's playground? Well, that seems to be the case with Manny Pacquiao. The busier he is, it almost seems the better he becomes. And in speaking with Freddie Roach this past week, he stated this. He stated, quote, Manny is exactly where we want him to be. He is peaking at the perfect time. He is hurting me on the pads, and he's busting up his sparring partners. He looks like the Manny Pacquiao of old, end quote. Gogi, pre-fight hype, or is there some truth to that? Oh, shit, man. Freddie's <laughs> just trying to promote his guy. Oh. You know, hey, Freddie's one thing he's good at. He knows how to say all the right words when he's getting ready, well, when, uh, when they're promoting the fight, okay? I don't know. I'm not in that damn gym. I don't know what he's doing. That's all, all the way I, I can know what he's doing and how he looks is, you know, being in that gym and how he's looking and sparring. That's going to give me the gauge I need to... Uh, that's going to give me the gauge I need to see how this fight's going to play out, but I'm not in the gym with him. I don't know how he's training and everything. So, you know, him hitting the pads, he's the same old man. He's fast, sharp, uh, explosive, you know what I mean? But, you know, i got to see him sparring and everything, and I, that's something I haven't been able to see and everything. So, And how, he's, how he looks consistently, you know, uh, in sparring. You know, not just one sparring session looks great, then he looks terrible the next three or four. Uh, you know, there's got to be that consistency and everything, so... Yeah, it's just uh, just hype to promote the fight and everything. Well, I, I'll tell you what. Let's look at the uh, gambling lines. And like you just stated, uh, when this event was first announced, Manny Pacquiao was an 8-1 to betting favorite. It's now tightened a little bit, but not by much. He is a minus 700 right now, which is a 7-1 to betting favorite. Jesse Vargas, with the betting differential, is listed as a plus 500 which means he's a five-to-one betting underdog. Gogi, uh, what's the safe bet here for anyone who wants to put down money? Um, in my opinion, Gogi, I would bet because of the durability of Jesse Vargas, right? Even though he's never been in the ring with someone who has the kind of speed and power and the athletic gifts or the ability of Manny Pacquiao, the experience. He's never been in with... But I still don't see Jesse Vargas getting stopped in this, right? Mm. Um, If I were to bet, if I were to bet, I would bet on, to be honest with you, a Manny Pacquiao decision victory hedged by a Jesse Vargas knockout. In my opinion, he's going to be going, he's going to get down early, and he's going to be gunning for the knockout late. So if I had to actually, like, encourage anyone to bet, which we don't on this show, guys, and I would would actually be willing to bet that Manny Pacquiao 
is going to win a unanimous, overwhelming points decision hedged by a Jesse Vargas knockout. That's, that's the way I would bet. Now, Gogi, how do you see this fight playing out? And do you agree with the betting line? 7-1, to one, Manny Pacquiao favorite. 5-1, to one, uh, Jesse Vargas, the betting underdog. Only way Vargas is going to win this fight, he's going to knock him out, plain and simple. He's not going to get a decision mm-hmm. over this guy. This guy's a house fighter. This is a fight. This is a fighter that Aram, uh, uh, you know, wants to win so he can move him to bigger fights next year and everything. So cause that's his cash cow right now. You know, Aram doesn't have a, a big pay-per-view star. The only pay-per-view star is right now he has is, uh, you know, uh, Pacquiao. But if somehow Vargas uh, pulls the upset, well, guess what? You know, he's a new kid on the block. But anyway, uh, yeah, I just, can see, I just can't see how he's going to be able to handle a guy like Pacquiao. Man, he had a hard time handling a guy like uh, Riley. His, you know, his boxing, uh, counter-punching, yep. fast-sharp combination style. Uh, just think what he's going to have a problem uh, with a guy like Pacquiao, who's on, you know, a different level, I think. You know, he's a better, you know, better, a better and more intelligent counter-puncher. Um, has more talent and ability, Joe, that's what I'm trying to say, than Tim Bradley. And, uh, I just can't see how he's gonna be how he's gonna overcome uh, uh, all this, and that's why you know they got him as an eight to one underdog, which I think is correct. And I just you know I just see the unanimous unanimous decision, uh, Manny Pacquiao winning seven to five or uh, eight to four, eight rounds to four. Yeah, indeed, guys. Uh, if you're looking for a Manny Pacquiao knockout, boy, it would be his first knockout victory since two thousand nine in which he actually stopped Miguel Cotto um, in, on November 14th of 2009. Gogi, it's, it's been almost seven years since we've seen the Pac-Man knock someone out. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, guys, chances are, I mean, and, and say what you want about Jesse Vargas, he is indeed a very mentally and physically durable guy. I can't see Manny stopping him, but I do see him outclassing him and getting a wide UD from all three of the judges at ringside. Uh, Gogi, uh, any any final thoughts on this? Because, it, well, we'll talk about another matchup that Bob Arum and Freddie Roach both want after this. Your final thoughts on Manny Pacquiao versus Jesse Vargas? Oh, uh, honestly, Joe, I like to see what the numbers are after this fight without HBO behind it. Because when you usually got, when you got the big HBO platform behind you and that marketing, and that marketing machine behind you, you know, it helps out uh, in, in the promotion of a fight. It gets the word out there and it gets it, you know, and, it, and, it, and, it, and the fight gets out there to the masses. But now without HBO behind them, you know, this is Aram's putting the bill for this fight. So I like to see how the, what the numbers are for this fight uh, afterwards, you know. That that would be interesting. If it does great, that's the A. That's great. That means, uh, you know, you don't have to be so dependent on HBO or Showtime to do your own pay-per-view fights. You know, you can go out on your own and save a lot of money. You don't have to pay that, what, that 50% they pay to all those cable providers and uh, and them fees that HBO want, I don't know, what, 7% or something like that? I don't know what they want as a pay-per-view. Something like that. I can't remember. I was reading about. But, you know, you ain't got to pay all that uh, extra uh uh, overhead costs that, you know, takes away from your, you know, the bottom line, you know, your, your profits and everything. So, so I'd like to see, you know, if you keep, you know, honestly, Joe, if you can get 300000 without 
HBO and not paying uh, all those uh, satellite subscribers, hey, man, I think he's going to do good. I think he's going to do good. I think it's going to be a profitable show. But I don't know, you know, like I said, I don't know what the budget is for this fight, and I don't know what Aaron's expenses are for this fight. So I don't know what his break-even point has to be. Is it, is it 200000 250 You know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't get privy to that information. Well, uh, <laughs> Gogi, I, I, I tell you what, it's, and this was Aram's logic. He said, look, if they're not going to pay for the entire event, pay for the big, big licensing fee that they've, they've done in the past, then why are we going with HBO? Because as it is, for any kind of promotional um, event, like the countdown specials, the 24-7 specials, the Road 2 specials, Bob's argument is, hey, man, we've been having to pay for that anyway. We are the ones who put the bill for the production costs. So mm-hmm. what, are we, what are we paying them a percentage for? Mm-hmm. And I so agree. Bob is rolling the dice. And I tell you what, he might actually start a trend that, well, the UFC currently uses. They don't have the benefit of, of uh, a big premium cable network. Um, and they're doing it all on their own, uh, on their own bankroll, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're so if, and so think about this, Gogi. If Bob Arum's pay-per-view production does better than HBO's Ward versus Kovalev, could we see a trend started where the promoters are not so reliant on the big networks? Uh, only with top rank. The other promoters mm. are not smart like top. They're not smart like uh, top rank. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> top rank's the best promoter right here in America. Okay, they understand how to do this. They got the staff to do it. Okay, the other promoters out there, they need HBO. Plain and simple. They don't have the. Uh, they don't know how. They don't have the uh, manpower or the know-how on how to do it. Okay, all the little intricacies, all the nuances to make a pay-per-view successful. Top rank knows what to do. They got a very. You know, they got a veteran staff there. Okay. Uh, all around, top to bottom, okay? And like, like I said, in America, they're the best promoter right now, I think, in my opinion, you know, being in the business long enough and dealing with all the promoters, you know, they are the best, okay? Uh, they know how to build fighters and, you know, take them from scratch, from, you know, make it to contender, to ch- you know, make them champion, ticket sellers, television stars, pay-per-view stars. And, you know, look at their track, track record, their history, the last 30, 40 years, and, Oh, that's all you know. I need to say and everything, but yeah, yeah. The other promoters, they, they ain't smart enough. They ain't got the infrastructure. Uh, uh, they, they're going to need HBO's help. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, um, it's going to be interesting to see Gogi. Uh, let's fast forward to, um, well, in the remaining portion, do you do you want to talk about the because to try and make I guess the pay-per-view more enticing, right? Bob Arum has actually put up, um, well, Nonito Donaire versus Jesse Magdaleno in the co-main event of the evening. He's also uh, pitting Oscar Valdez and making his very first WBO um, featherweight title defense. And he's also, well, putting up your favorite fighter, Mr. Zhao Shiming, to open the, uh, open the telecast. Oh shit! <laughs> uh. In your mind, Gogi, does the is the undercard going to make a difference? 
Not and at all. whether or not these fans choose to purchase this over Ward versus Kovalev. They'll give them a they'll give it a flavor, but the bottom line is uh, you know, when you buy a pay per view, you buy the main event, not the icing on the cake, okay? <laughs> all right. You don't buy the sideshow, you buy the main event. Uh, Jesse Magdaleno, uh, no needle down there, it ain't gonna make a difference. Uh Zhao Shimming, because he's from China and they they could broadcast it back to China. But, you know, there's revenue coming in from that, Joe, because they're not Aram's not gonna give that feed for free. He's gonna he's gonna make mm-hmm. the you know that you know that Chinese meat, uh, that chi- Chinese uh, uh, television, who, who, who's ever uh, you know going to broadcast it. He's going to make them pay sponsors and stuff like that. So they, he, he doesn't have value with that guy, even though the guy is a clown and he can't fight. But anyway, uh, who else is that? Oscar Valdez. They could sell that to Mexico, Joe, uh, on a, I don't know TV Azteca or something like that later on. He's Mexican. Uh, he you know they're developing him into the next superstar from Mexico. And, you know, TV Azteca or one of them TV Mexican television networks would buy it. So, yeah, guys like that, you know, Joe, uh, you know, they do have value. But the meat of the source from the pay-per-view, nah, they're gonna, it's got to be Pacquiao versus Vargas. That's the ones the fight fans want to see, okay? Not the uh, sideshow uh, or the icing on the cake, okay, I call it. Very good. Well, there it is, your main event of the evening this Saturday night from Top Rank Pay-Per-View. Jesse Vargas defending his WBO welterweight title against Manny Pacquiao. It's going to be your main event of the evening. Gogi, um, there's an interesting matchup. And it's funny, immediately the press, as soon as Pacquiao and, and Aram and Roach, well, touched down and, and started doing the press events. Right to promote this this uh, this pay per view, everyone automatically asked him, "What's next, guys? What's next for Manny Pacquiao? When is he going to fight, and who is he going to fight?" And a lot of people were asking him, "Well, Terence Crawford. What about Terence Crawford?" Freddie Roach said, "Well, you know, that's inevitable." He thinks if Manny keeps on winning, that's inevitable. But Bob Arum said something very interesting and said, you know what, the matchup I would love to see, I think would be a much better fan matchup. And it's a great style, clash of styles, uh, a, a very high technical level. And he stated it was Manny Pacquiao versus Vasily Lomachenko at 140 pounds. Mm. Bogey, when when asked about this fight, Freddie Roach stated, you know what, I love that fight. I love that fight. I would love to see us as a fan. I would love to see how it plays out. Gogi, how does this play out? Who wins this? And uh, how does Vasil Lomachenko look at 140 pounds? How does Manny Pacquiao look at age 38 at 140 pounds? Um, do you like this matchup? Oh, our paper is great. But, Joe, you got to see how they, they live the next couple fights. If Lomachenko does what he's supposed to do against uh, uh, Walters coming up, you know, in a few weeks. Well, November hey, 26th. You can start selling the fight, okay? If he goes out there and looks spectacular and uh, beats him, uh, uh, gives him a one-sided beating like he's been doing in the other fights, well, Aaron could start selling that. He could get the, he could get the, drum, the drums to start beating for that fight. Uh, Pacquiao, if he goes out there and takes care of business and he looks spectacular, oh, okay, he's not old. No, he's not old like I thought he was. He's still got a lot left in him, okay? Then what you do, Joe, is uh, maybe... Have, have both guys fight in another fight to build it up. Then in the summer next year, hey, then you put it on. 
That's how you make a fight hot, Joe. Top rank knows that. I don't need to tell him. Aram knows how to do it, okay? He knows how to make a uh, fight hot. That's something difference between him and Heyman. Heyman's a dummy. He's an idiot, okay? He knows how to put a fight on, but he doesn't know how to get a fight hot where people get excited about it and people want to go to the fights and buy tickets and, and pack the place, okay? <laughs> Aram knows how to get a fight hot. He knows how to get the media talking about it, okay? Uh, the mainstream, okay, which makes pay-per-view successful. He knows how to do it, okay? Now, if they do it right, like Aram always says, when you've got a potential hot fight in the future, you put it in the oven and let it bake. So that's what he's got to do. But the thing is, Aaron could do all, you know, Aaron can uh, build the hype up for the fight all he wants, but it's, the, it's up to the fighters. They got to live good, He's, this fight coming up, Joe. What's his name? I put on a, a tremendous performance against Walters, okay, to get his name out there, his brand out there, to make it stronger. And Pacquiao's got to look great against Vargas to, you know, to get that fight, the drums rolling for that fight and everything. So uh, you know, that's, that's it, Joe. To make a fight hot like that, both fighters got to start. They got to do their job. You know, Aaron could do his job, but it's, when it all comes down to it, Joe, the fighters got to do their job. The fighters don't do their job. Aaron can't market crap. He can't market that crap. You know what I mean? Indeed. And, you know, Manny Pacquiao even stated this. A lot of people are talking, well, what's going to come next? What are you going to do next? And Manny said, you know what? I understand I have to look good. I know I not only have to win, but I have to I have to look good in this for there to be any talk of any big fights coming up. He understands now at this stage of his career after the Mayweather loss, he can't put up good numbers on his brand alone any longer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Manny Pacquiao even understands that. That, you know, in order to create any buzz on any future matchup, he has look to look good. Bottom so line. you're right on the money. So from a technical perspective, though, Gogi, who wins that fight, man? Man, Lomachenko, you know, you know, if you look at him, Joe, they're not, Manny's not, is not really a lot bigger than the guy. They're both the same size and everything. So, you know, just, you know, physically, you know, they're pretty much comparable as far as, far as size. But the style, man, Lomachenko, boy, his ability, you know, just like Pacquiao, he has great footwork. And, and Lomachenko, he knows how to fight every style out there, okay? He knows how to fight in the pocket. He just brings so much more to the table than Manny Pacquiao, okay? In the pocket, he works effectively, okay? Head, body, head, head, body, uh, a variety of different creative combinations he throws in the pocket, okay? Pacquiao can't do what he does in the pocket. His head and upper body movement, Joe, is immaculate, you know, when he gets to close range, okay? His ability to faint. Uh, his ability to mix up his different types of feints to keep you off, off, uh, off rhythm. You know, stuff like that, off timing. Uh, he just brings so much more to the table, Joe. His ability to keep moving in circles. Pacquiao could do the same thing and everything. But when it comes down to Joe pressing the action, which I think he's going to have to do, he just does a, he just, he's just uh, a lot better fighter than uh, Pacquiao when it comes to doing that. But it's the size factor, you know, too. Uh, you know, Pacquiao's fought bigger guys. Uh, he knows how to handle bigger guys. So, you know, Lomachenko moving up in weight, that's going to be, uh, it's going to be intriguing. Like Duran, when he moved up two weight divisions to fight Sugar Ray Leonard. You know what I mean? Uh, but just, to, you know, just, to, you know, what I see right now, Lomachenko brings a lot more variety, a lot more, uh, dimensions to his game than Pacquiao. Uh, and that's the different stroke, the inside game. 
you know, ability to put pressure, cutting off the ring when Manuel tries to move and fighting in the pocket. You know what I mean? Uh, which I think is, he's going to be more effective. And uh, just a different variety of combinations that guy's going to be throwing at uh, Pacquiao. But this guy can hit. Pacquiao can hit. And if it's Lomachenko, I want to see how he takes it at a higher weight division. That's, in, that's what makes this fight intriguing, Joe. You know what I mean? That's what, and if Lomachenko does beat him, oh, my God, it would be a tremendous, huge upset. You know what I mean? Changing of the guard. Terrence Crawford wanted this fight. So, you know, he wanted uh, to beat the man, to become the man. Okay, but I don't think they're going to uh, – Freddie and uh, Manny are going to avoid Terrence Crawford like the plague. You know, it ain't going to happen. So, But Lomachenko, yeah, if he gets this opportunity, and, yeah, I would jump at it, Joe. I would jump at it because, hey, man, you know, you, you, you know, hey, he has a chance to fight a legend. He has a chance to beat a legend, to become the man in boxing, okay? And just because then – and, Joe, he just brings so much more, like I said, uh, more dimensions to the, uh, to the game than Pacquiao, okay? And that – and the biggest factor I see in, in, in his dimensions is uh, his ability to fight inside the pocket, his ability to throw them sharp, crisp combinations. Body, head, head, body, and his ability to not get hit a lot in the pocket to make those defensive adjustments when you're trying to, you know, uh, when you're trying to counter uh, offensively, stuff like that. I see, Joe. Yeah, you know, um, so you think from a management, from a marketing perspective, you don't think Lomachenko is going to pull an Adrian Broner and out, out, you know, price himself out of that event. Who's his manager? Now, now, Igus now, Klimas. Igus Klimas. Okay, Igus <laughs> is a deal maker, not a not a deal breaker. Okay, Igus Klimas understand, uh, understand. He looks at the big picture. Okay, he doesn't look at the short term. Okay, he understands, and Igus knows how to uh, convey this to his fighters, saying, "Hey, look, this is an opportunity we've been waiting for, man. Uh, you know, we win this fight, hey, man. Uh, you know, it's going to open up the bank vault where the money's going to be pouring out. You know, Igus is a deal maker, just like Tom Loeffler." Okay, he's not a deal breaker, so that's that's the difference between him and a clown like Adrian Broner and that and that and that polished shit, that poison Al Heyman. Okay, all right. Well, all keep, right. keep in mind now, Gogi, uh, we could have, if Adrian Broner and Al Heyman been able to do business, had they been able to do business with Bob Arum several months ago, we mm. could be seeing right now Broner versus Pacquiao, but. It reportedly, he turned down almost four million dollars, right? <laughs> when he almost four million dollars to face Adrian Granados on February 11th of next year. For what? A million dollars? I don't even know if he's getting that much, Gogi. Mm. Okay, I have to tell you how smart that idiot is, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> these Joe, these fighters these days—they make me, they crack me up. I laugh at these clowns nowadays, these fighters, man. Uh, yo, I'm, 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 you know, I grew up in a different era from, uh, from these clowns, okay? These clowns are just pure <laughs> businessmen, all right? They're not 100% fighters, okay, like in the past, where they just, you know, where they fought, okay? They fought for the fans, and they got good, you know, they got paid real well back then, okay? But now these guys just over, overinflate their market value big time. Oh, God, that's what uh, these guys, and who do you blame? You look at their manager, the advisor that taught him how to do it, Al Heyman, okay? He's, he's, he's the one that created this culture, okay, of entitlement in, uh, in this modern era of fighters, okay? Al Heyman, okay? He, he's the biggest poison I've seen ever come in boxing in the, since I've been in it. You know what I mean? Biggest poison I've ever seen come in boxing. 
Well, I, I tell you what, it's going to be interesting talking about poison and boxing. Let's take a look at next week. Gogi, the event's next week on November 12th. <laughs> Danny Garcia <laughs> oh, on God. Spike TV. Oh. On Spike TV uh, from Philadelphia. He's going to be oh. taking on Samuel Vargas in a 10-round, oh. well, your 10-round main event. Uh, Gogi, are you interested in this fight? Oh, hell no, man. <laughs> Garcia, since he beat Lucas Matisse, he's fought a bunch of nobodies. Man, I'm tired of that third-rated clown, third-rated champion, okay? Well, to me, like I said, Joe, we talked about this on the show. If you had to fight from the era of the welterweight champions in the 80s with Tommy Hearns, uh, Pepino Cuevas, Sugar Ray Leonard, Duran, you would have got his ass whooped. In the 90s, Cornell Whitaker, Felix Tito Trinidad, Dejo Jose Luis Lopez, he would have got his ass whooped. Okay? You know, he's fighting in this era of welterweights. You know, it's a big drop as far as talent, skill, and levels, okay? And he's got a belt around him, that WBC belt I laugh at. You know what I mean? And he's, I mean, he's a third-rated champion and uh, a, guy, a, a pure businessman, a guy that hasn't really proven himself uh, lately in, in the boxing business. You know what I mean? A guy that, you know, because he's got Al Heyman behind him and all those TV days, he was, getting, he was, uh, he was able to get him into position right now. But, man, I don't got no respect for the dude. And to me... I ain't, got a, I ain't got a lot of respect for a lot of these bitches out there. They call themselves champions. So, you know what I mean? Compared to the ones I've seen in the past, Joe, the fighters I've been around in the past, nah, these, I, have to, I just got to put it with, you know, watching this shit. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, uh, there's a reason, though, guys. If you're wondering why they would announce Danny Garcia versus Keith Thurman in a unification bout for March 4th of next year, Go. Why would why would they announce this so soon, Joe? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it for I'm not gonna take it for granted until I see Danny Garcia sign that damn contract. His dad has been known to stall, put up all kinds of barriers to making fights happen. Okay, so until that damn contract signed, I won't believe it. Absolutely. Guys, look, the reason why they announced it this soon is because they want people to tune in to Danny Garcia versus Samuel Vargas. That's it. Because think about this. If there is no fight with Keith Thurman, this fight is meaningless. Who cares? They're trying to make the Thurman fight hot, which like they should be doing. But until that guy signs a damn contract, I ain't believing Jack. (laughs) <laughs> All there are is talk, 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 like poli- like these politicians out there, you know, career politicians. They'll tell you what they want you to hear. You know, they won't do nothing. Four years later, they want your vote again. But, you know, that's the same thing with these fighters now, no different. All they do is talk, 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 talk. Well, I tell you what, let's take a look um, on HBO on that day, right? Um, they're showing a couple of different fights. Luis Ortiz versus Malik Scott. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, okay. Mm. 
<laughs> Surprise, Eddie! Got that like guy pass. Let me let me ask you this, Gogi. Let me ask you this: Why? Why did Eddie Hearn decide to invest? In your opinion, why did he decide to invest in Luis Ortiz? He's got Anthony Joshua. Control the heavyweight division. Ain't a lot of great heavyweights out there, Joe. You know, you could sign a guy like Ortiz. That's another piece of the puzzle to control the heavyweight division, to bring it to America, okay? He comes to America, and these fighters get hot. You know, America wants to see it. But guess what? He ain't got to deal with that idiot Heyman. He ain't got to deal with Aram or Golden Boy. He could do it himself. You know, especially, you know, it's, it's, it's dope. This fight right here, I mean, that fighter he signed is, you know, is an investment in America because he wants to come to America with Joshua, okay? Now, if he makes these fighters hot, not only in uh, Europe, but if he can make them hot in uh, America, he's going to come here and bring this fight to America, Las Vegas, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So when you get a chance to sign a guy like Ortiz and uh, you can control another big pond or big, you know, uh, yeah, a big pawn in, on the chessboard. Well, hell, Joe, you know, you can go, go for it. Plus, guess what? When he signed Ortiz, he got an HBO date. So Eddie is the only promoter in boxing right now that's playing both sides of the fence. He's playing Showtime and he's playing uh, HBO. You know what I mean? So if this fight ever gets made, he ain't got to go through all the BS of uh, dealing with these other promoters like Al Heyman, you know, you know, no barriers, I call them. Barriers to making big fights. Al Heyman's been the biggest one, so yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great move by Eddie. I, I surprised everybody because I heard what's his name Richard wanted to sign him, uh, Ortiz, and uh, Al you know Al wanted to be his advisor, you know, and whatever that means, and you know a lot of people wanted to sign the guy, but you know Eddie must have offered him something like you know uh, getting the opportunity to fight Joshua for the heavyweight championship of the world. So yeah, good move by Eddie. Yeah, well, the heavyweight division—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's become common knowledge that, yeah, the heavyweights are just bigger commodities in Europe now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very smart move for Luis Ortiz, and we'll see if the move pays off for Eddie Hearn in the long run. They're going to be uh, fighting in Monte Carlo in the co-main event. Obviously, HBO is interested in this this bout as well. Purchase Jason Sosa. Is going to be defending his WBA regular Super Featherweight Championship against Stephen Smith. Obviously looking for potential opposition for Vasil Lomachenko or maybe even a rematch with Nicholas Walters should Nicholas Walters actually win on the 26th. Um, Gogi, I think this is a great physical matchup, fan-friendly matchup, and I think Uh HBO did the right thing in purchasing this bout. Exactly. It's a good fight. You know, it's a good opportunity for this. Uh, so, so, excuse me, Joel. I'm having uh, something in my throat right now. But, yeah, it's a good opportunity for this Sosa kid, you know, to make a name for himself. He's on the big stage now, you know. Every time you get into boxing, your dream is to fight on the big stage. The big stage is usually HBO Showtime. So, hey, he's getting his opportunity. So let's see how he takes advantage of it and looks good in this fight. He's got the perfect opponent. You know, to look good. Steven Smith, not a big puncher. Guys who's physical and aggressive, likes to get it on. So, yeah, a stylistic matchup. It's, good. it's a good opening bout for this uh, Luis Ortiz. Indeed. Uh, well, there you have it, Gogi. Those are our next two weeks uh, within the sport of boxing. That's our next two weekends. 
I I did a pause because that's when I'm going to cut off. Okay. Um, okay. Just because it, this is an experimental thing, and I'm going to be, I just am going to confine it to an hour plus. You're sounds like you're eating something, or sounds like you're uh, starting to suffer from allergies. Or no, something. no, I'm all right now. Yeah, I'm going to go another half hour or what? No, no, no. Let's cut it off and let's let's see how this goes. Let's see how this sounds. Well, let's just and do let's an ending then. Hey, do you have anything? You know, talk to your fans. Let's do an ending. What do you think? No, no, no. It's all right, man. We'll do the uh, we'll we'll do the uh, if if it sounds good, then I'm just going to do the talk show live. Maybe later on in the week, if you have time for a special hour show, the closer it gets to the pay per view. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because because I'm looking at this and and we've got live capabilities where we can actually invite people on uh, on Facebook and Twitter. How do you do that? Um, yeah, I've been I, I've been looking at these tutorials, and and, it, does, yeah, and man, it doesn't cost a fucking penny. It doesn't cost a penny. Why? I have no idea. I don't know how they're making their money. Hmm. Mm, interesting. interesting. Yeah. So. So you there you have it, like it man. Thing? Yeah, let's just end it like this, and uh, I'll I'll do the music. Um, okay, I tell you what. Um, let's do a quick ending, and I'll attach it to both segments, okay? Okay. Well, guys, that wraps it up for this latest installment of War Week Radio. A huge thank you to everyone tuning into this uh, to this podcast, joining us on YouTube, joining us on Facebook, various boxing groups. Gogi, do you have anything to say to all of our diehard listeners from America as well as the UK, from all over the world, who have been waiting for, well, your big comeback on the air? It's great to be back, Joe. Sometimes uh, fighters take breaks from the sport, especially, you know, if they've been knocked out or they've been through a lot of wars. You know, it's good to get reps, you know, to get get you uh, re-motivated, recharged again. Plus, October was a dismal month in boxing. Nothing was going on. And, uh, you know, it was good to take these uh, last three, four weeks off, you know, from being on the, you know, the radio, uh, you know, last five years, every week, you know. So it was a good month uh, off now. I'm, I'm recharged, re-motivated, and, uh, you know, I like to get back uh, to our regular routine every week. And I want to thank all the fans all over the world, especially in, uh, over there in Europe, England, pound for pound, the best fans in the world, over there in the U.K., Ireland, uh, Wales, Scotland, everywhere over there. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, all over Europe and Germany, uh, France, uh, you know, everywhere over there, uh, all over South America, Central America, Mexico, the great USA, Canada, Australia, China, the Philippines, Taiwan, everywhere that listens in, everybody that listens in to our show. Thank you guys all. Love you guys. And, of course, thank you, Joe, uh, you know, for putting uh, this great show together and uh, for the tremendous job you do every time uh, we, get, we get on the air. Well, that's going to do it, guys. Uh, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, then visit with you a little bit later on in the week uh, to do our, um, well, big pay-per-view countdown as well as our post-Pacal Vargas wrap-up next weekend. So thank you for tuning in, everybody, and uh, stay tuned for World Week Radio on Facebook. Thank you. And I guess that would be it. All right, okay. brother. I'm gonna I'm well, gonna yeah, end the call now, man. Okay. You put all this shit up, Joe. Huh? How long is it gonna take you to put all this shit up? Um, I'm gonna be working tonight while I'm actually riding, so you should see it in the morning. Oh, I mean, how long? If it, if you had to do it, uh, probably another hour just to put everything up. 
Oh, whatever, man. I have to edit this. Hold on. Let me let me end this and I'll call you right back, okay? Oh yeah, call me back on my other phone. Yeah, because that other I will. phone wasn't working. On my other phone. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye.